House of Run podcast. What are you into these days? Mostly running, now. Running. Yeah. Look at the hills! Look at the hills! Coming on! Children coming on! Oh, no! <laughs> I'm not thinking about making the team. I'm thinking about gold and Munich. What can I say? I got beat by a zebra. Starts now. We are back on the House of Run podcast, houseofrun at gmail.com. I'm Kevin. He's Jason. I'm at home. He's on the road in New Mexico. Jason, how are things out there? What are you up to? Herky-jerky in Albuquerque over here. It's uh, <laughs> it's good to be back. I don't remember the last indoors that we went to here. I was trying to think of the year. Mm. But, uh, it had to be a while ago, right? 20. 12, 13? Oh, my God. That's Maybe 14? Older than I was thinking. Yeah, but you're probably right. Yeah, I, I don't think it could be older than 14. Uh, or I th- new, I mean, more recent than... I think it might have been 14. Was that we the Hershey Jerky times? in Albuquerque? Twice. I don't know. It's hard to remember. Well, was... Uh, I think the Hershey Jerky in Albuquerque was 2014. Yeah, it was 2014. So I that's, just remember with this stuff way more than mine. Well, trust Google, because that's what I just did. Ah, and it said me. It said to me. Did you 20... Google Herky Jerky in Albuquerque? Yeah, exactly. I knew the keywords to hit. Okay, perfect. Yeah, that was 2014. So that was probably the last time you were there. Yeah, I've been back Definitely since. Was. Yeah, how is it? Are you altitude acclimated yet? <sighs> um, man, I'm on the eighth floor of this hotel, so it's like I'm doing double duty with the altitude right now. Um, <laughs> but just had a green chili burger that uh, was amazing. Frontier? I don't know if you know that they like green chilies out here. Or red chilies too. Yeah, you got options. That's true. Options. No, not the frontier. Um, so I'm I'm technically just outside of Albuquerque. I didn't want to make the 25 minute drive for dinner, so mm. instead I went about half mile away. Mm. And uh, very nice. Yeah, little little brewery and uh, burger. It was great. I think longtime listeners to the show are appreciating on the road, Jason. Yeah, they have you getting your wings is just a big development for the pod. <laughs> it's- it is. Uh, it's change. I'm working. You know, I'm recording out of my work computer here, which is mm-hmm. which is weird. But uh, hey, it's good. I'm glad we're doing it. Just a man, a briefcase, <laughs> and a pack of sales documents. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I know am not it, in sales. Um, I, I would be a terrible salesman. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's not. Other than that, I use a backpack usually instead of a briefcase because you know why have your hands busy if you can. Just throw it on your back. I don't know. You're in the Do solution. People still use business. briefcases. I think so. Don't they have like to like, like the old school like stand like black leather three little dials mm-hmm. you know on the side like like the movie briefcases. If you use a movie briefcase, let me know because I'm curious. The Samsonite I was way off type briefcase. Yeah, like I know there's like really nice like leather like kind of mm-hmm. you know over the shoulder things that are that are cool. I like those, but I'm talking old school. Yeah. If you're a lawyer, I think it's still briefcase. We yeah, have a lot point. of lawyers who listen. Maybe they can write in. Someone's going to write in this week be like, well, I actually uh, sell briefcases. And- <laughs> well, you have the, you're right, the over-the-shoulder bags. Yeah. I feel like those took away the briefcase you know, thing. Now that I think about it, I do see more people dressed up with just regular backpacks on. The, yeah, that, that's become a thing. Yeah, like full suit. <laughs> but with a backpack, exactly, yep. which I'm in favor of. I'm a backpack guy. I, I enjoy backpacks. Never had a job where I would do a briefcase. But, yeah, I don't know what changed. Maybe something 
it's in the zeitgeist. I'm not sure. Strange. But thanks for bringing that up. It's good. Yeah. This is well, this is a show. We don't have a ton to talk about in running, so we're really <laughs> going to drag out these conversations. No, this is... Uh... 45 minutes on Ted Lasso later. Get ready for it. Yeah, so we're doing the Ted Lasso Season 3, Episode 3 recap. Some are calling it our best recap yet. Maybe <laughs> we'll get people who aren't even interested in the track who just fast-forward to the Ted Lasso mm. recap. That's good. Yeah, I'm not against that. Yeah. That's what I'm. That's what I'm hoping for. Okay, we'll do emails as well. We got an update to the Peter Bull story. Talk about some more athletics decisions. But let's start with Shrika Jackson. I think this is this the result of the weekend. There wasn't many results, but <laughs> she ran fifty ninety two. Jace, it's pretty good. Yeah, I think you know maybe a normal weekend. I mean, she's still a superstar, so like she it would get attention, you know. But uh, yeah, I mean, she was a great four hundred meter runner. Um, and then she was like, wait, why do I want to become one of the best 200-meter runners of all time and a great 100-meter runner? And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I like it. I mean, I guess, you know, Bolt used to do an occasional early season 400, so I don't think it's, you know, and uh, I mean, I guess she's still, like, outside of Fraser Price, she'd still be the safest bet, the, the second best 100-meter runner in the world probably right now. Uh, and the women's four. Your mind is, is going where my mind went. But the women's four is is a, I mean, it's a mystery, right? It could be, it could be mm-hmm. incredible. Yeah, it could be really weak. I, I don't know what to expect out of that. It is a mystery wrapped in an enigma, as we say. Yes, but that's where my mind went, thinking two four, and just yeah. thinking about the possibilities. And I looked it I up. There's one day of yeah, I did, I did. I think the the morning of one first round is the I think the morning of the 200 first round is the 400 final I believe I have that right if not it's the opposite don't quote me on that actually quote me on that it's one of those two but you don't know what her odds are in the 400 because you don't know who's running the 400 all we know is that she's running really fast 400s while at the same time being really good in the one and the two heck maybe triple because we know the one and the two don't overlap so if the one and the that's two, true I think that's, we should be yeah, good to go that's the way to do it um yeah, I mean, it's uh, either way, it's fun. I mean, I, I'm not surprised she's still good at the 400. Like, I'm sure Fred Curley could still still throw out like 44-3 or something, and you know, that'd be fine. Um, but yeah, I like it. I'm gonna guess she's sticking with the one two because once you get away from the 400, do you ever really want to go? Like, you're like, wait, I can be great still and not run events that are pain. Yeah. For a big portion of it, like, I feel like that's the move. Yeah, I. What David Epstein say? People do the shortest event that they can win. I think that's yeah. a, a rule that is borne out time and time again. It it is, it is it is true. I just can't help though, but wonder what would happen because the the one two double is going to be difficult. Big. I think she's a really solid favorite in the two hundred though. Yes, agreed. Um, but but but. The two four just has so much more magic to it than the one two. Someone on the show used to call the the two four easy, as a double. <laughs> I don't know whoever would do that. That's yeah. an insanely difficult double. It is, but in the world where bull doesn't run it, in the in the world where no four hundred meter hurdler decides to run the quarter, which I just can't see as a realistic scenario, right? Like, I mean, somebody. I can. I can see. No, that. I can't. Oh, it's not likely. Sorry oh. for the alarm. I have to check in for my Southwest flight tomorrow. Um, 
That's a very pleasant alarm. I've never heard that one. Yeah, I a few a uh, year or two ago, I you know I had the usual like I don't know submarine sinking kind of alarm. Yeah. And uh, you wake up and you know you throw on your life jacket only so many times before you're like maybe I shouldn't use this alarm anymore. Um, Wait, does it ch- does it help? It's not as unpleasant. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not fun to wake up, uh, <laughs> but it's it's better than than. Now I wake uh, up at three forty five. Yeah, it's. Pop out of bed, so happy. Um, I don't remember what I was saying, but basically, yeah, I can't. I don't see a scenario where one of them doesn't run. I, I just, it's too, like it's too appealing. So if one of them like is is officially like out, mm-hmm. I feel like the other one's gonna jump in. You know, what if it's the awkward you you go me who's yeah right like I, maybe I, they'll I, maybe they'll both like kind of play it like they're going they're not going to do it or they're you know whatever or they're going to do it and yeah. then it'll just turn out to uh to be neither of them run it because they both were playing it the wrong way right uh, there's a there's a possibility because listen four hurdles there's a lot going on there as the name suggests you got to run a 400 and there's hurdles involved in it. If you don't plan on running it, I would imagine what you would say is, hey, now I can use all my time to just focus on the 400. So even though neither, I mean, none of these athletes have to make a decision right away. I mean, Femke Bowl literally doesn't have to worry about it at all because yep. she doesn't have to qualify through the Dutch championships. It's not just like the one and the two or the five and the ten. I would think in the preparation, you'd want to pick a lane and stick to the lane and not just say, ah, okay. I guess it would be if you're going from the hur- four hurdles to the 400, you always could throw that in last minute and make an audible and say, ah, I'm in, I'm in good enough shape. But you're not going to be at your – I don't think you're going to be at your best in both at the exact same time. Now, maybe that's wrong. Maybe someone can point to some historic – um, information that refutes that thesis. But I just think if you were going to, if she said, Hey, I'm going to go all in on the quarter. Cause I know that event's going to be hard to win that you'd spend more. You you just wouldn't waste your time hurdling because that's just exposing you to injury risk. And it's time away from just preparing for a different event, honing your speed, whatever it is you need to do. Yeah, I mean they're not identical, but they're more similar than most, right? I mean it's well, they're both a lap, as I mentioned, because yeah. four hundred is in both of them. I'm just distance saying, is dis- distance is similar. Um, yeah, I mean Sydney it's, has more wiggle room. Sydney has more wiggle room because she could probably she jump runs back three times a year anyway. Yeah, so it's not going to be. But it's, no, I'm not talking about racing. Sharp. I'm talking about. I'm not talking about racing. I'm talking about training, and and how would your training differ if you were doing one versus the other. I think it's more of an issue for Bull or Wilson because they would still would need to be at their absolute best to get the win. Whereas Sydney has margin for error in the, well, in both probably, but especially in the foreign hurdles. Yeah. The hurdles, she definitely does a little bit, you know, barring the, the giant bull breakout, but uh, yeah, that open four. I just think bull showed too much where, you know, before, Bowl being a, amazing and indoors, you could have talked me mm-hmm. into. Well, Sydney's going back and forth, and maybe at the last minute she says, "No, I'll wait until next year, and I'll you know I'll do it then. I'll do the double yep. then or whatever." I would buy that more. But now that they're both 
going to be so good. Like I, I, I think one of them is doing it for sure. Um, oh, I would bet on I would bet on one of them doing it. I just I don't remember the way you phrased it earlier. I think I'd be I don't know be shocked. shocked I guess I wouldn't whatever. be shocked. Like, I'd be legit. Yeah, I'd be legit surprised. I don't know what percent. Like I think there's like a less. I think there's a five percent chance that they both don't do it. Maybe less. Well, the chaos scenario is they all do it. And you have a I mean, you have a four open quarter with Bull, Kevin, Shereka, I did Jackson, this with two hundred for years. It never happens. <laughs> I know. I'm talking. Well, it it would be really funny. How do we add another non four hundred runner into the mix in the four hundred? I know Jackson did run the four hundred before. I mean, I think but... Mo. I guess yeah. And then Keeley is like, you know what? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, <laughs> just everybody, <laughs> all showing up, all wandering down to the track at the same time, and running the four hundred. It is – it's something to keep an eye on. And Jackson, again, I, I believe what you said. I believe the whole idea that why run the 400 when you, you're the silver medalist in the 100 and maybe you can be a gold medalist. So why do the quarter? But because Jackson had been good in the 400 before and she doesn't look like she's missed a beat at all, you can't help but wonder. Can't help but get a little. Oh curious. yeah, no, I, I think it's worth you know. I dude, people discussed it with Bolt forever, and he never really ran the four hundred outside of when he was like right. a child, you know. So yeah, I think it's. I think it absolutely is worth talking about. Um, but yeah, I, I think you know when you're, uh, you know, favorite in the two, and like I said, probably the the second, you know, uh, the silver medal favorite in the one. It's like all right, you know what? I because it's like, I don't know. She was good in the 400, but it's not like she's, you know, she was never a 49 low or, you know, break 49 person, right? I mean, I don't think. Unless I'm misremembering Trika Jackson, I feel like. Um, let me look it up. What, she got the bronze, correct? That was she, she, I think she got maybe two bronze. Is that right? Well, it's up to you. Maybe two just bronzes. She had a bronze in Rio, and she had a... Three bronze. Three bronzes. You are wrong. 49-47 in Doha. Yeah, she was third in the crazy Doha race with yeah. Nasser and miller That's right. Yeah. So it was, I mean, so obviously, I mean, hey, three bronze. Like, you are legit very good, obviously. Um, yeah. But I just feel like there's there's multiple women. I mean, yes, uh, many of them run other events um, <laughs> who, who might be able to go, you know, sub-49. Obviously, there's no Shawnee Miller and, you know, stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. I mean, it's... Still, 1071, 2145, and 4947 is a very good, good PR uh, kind of grouping. Trifecta. It's, it's like 40, 50, 90. Actually, it's better than that. It's like 50, <laughs> 55, 95. Yeah. I don't know if Steve that's Steve Kerr, maybe. I don't know. I don't know if those numbers check out. Is it Steve Kerr? <laughs> Did you just describe Steve Kerr? So at the Olympics, she ran 49.85. At Worlds in 2015, 49.99. And then... Doha's when she ran the PB, 49-47. But she, she could run that this year, and I don't think I'd be stop, shocked. No, I, I would still bet on fast, her. Bull ran fast yeah. indoors. That's the I know thing, we're not in Appledorn. I, think, I think Bull is, at this point, I think Bull is just better. I mean, I, I don't think that's a hot take, and I would say Sydney's better. Um, again, who knows what happens there. But like those are two, two women who I, I just think are. So maybe she wants a fourth bronze. I don't know. She might really like the way bronze well, looks, you know? She's like, I'm not really a big fan no, of No, yeah. <laughs> I don't know about... Well, okay, right now, you'd have to just say the easier path is in the 100 because you know who's running the 100. 
correct? Yeah, I mean, there's some there's some good young talent in the hundred, and there's Shelley Fraser Price, who's you know ageless and incredible, and Thompson Hurrah, Thompson Hurrah, who's a total wild card, just as far as like she's going to be good, but like she could be one of the best ever, but she's probably going to save it for next year for because the Olympics, mm-hmm. um, or she could be like, eh, she's got a chance for bronze, you know, like I, I, who knows, um, but yeah, I think the hundred is. A lot safer, especially, you know, she ran 1071 last year, and she looked really good. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about these Ward Athletics decisions, shall we? Yeah. I think they released them on Thursday, so right after we of recorded, course. which means it's super old. Side note, everybody, boarding hmm. position A59. That's I never get in the A's. That's, that's, I'm really happy with that. They know that you're a frequent traveler. Yeah. They're feeling it. They're like, man, this guy's got it. That direct, that Albuquerque to Las Vegas direct, it's where dreams are made. <laughs> Jet setter. You ever seen Catch Me If You Can? Just Love Catch Me If You Can. Yeah. So good. Pan Am. That's you. Are you Are you the deadhead? Okay. <laughs> anyway, here we go. War Athletics. They convened yeah. in Monaco or wherever they convene. I think that's where they convene correct and they sebco made an announcement and they had a press release that had a lot of paragraphs and they tackled two really big issues in sport right now russia and belarus too because belarus and russia have both been pretty much uh, ostracized from international uh, competition due to the ongoing war in ukraine and uh female participation in sport or the female category in sport i just like saying sport i think yes it's when we say it's nice. sport it, yeah it's a good just, nickname too really <laughs> well done well done okay so i right, let's do russia first because it's yeah the first one on the on the press release so they had been suspended for seven years because of doping and when in the press release it's funny start? Because, i don't even remember it's the, been a Seven years ago. So I said seven. Seven oh, years ago. Oh, Sorry. I literally was like, oh, did they shorten it? Because it did not seem seven years ago. Granted, the yeah. last three years are a, are a fog, but I, man, I would have said that it was like, that was like 2018, right? But nope. Okay. Yeah, the, the McLaren report and all that stuff. So, oh, I remember. I just, I, my concept of time is terrible. The holes, the, the holes in the wall, remember in the Sochi Winter Olympics? Oh, I'll never forget it. Um, anyway. They've been reinstated as long as they comply with 35 special conditions. Perfect. Sure, read the fi- fine print. I was wondering, I said, what do they actually, do they meet any of these requirements to get reinstated? Apparently, according to World Athletics, they did, but they need to meet these conditions for a period of three years. And it says, with a review okay. at the end of that period to determine whether or not it is necessary to maintain those conditions. So basically, they're under. The watchful eye. They're on probation, you could yes. say. Until three years elapses, and then they might even extend it. However, they're not actually reinstated because the next section in the press release discussed the war of Ukraine, and they reaffirmed the decision to ban Russia and Belarus um, 
from World Athletics events. So they can't host events. They can't show up to these meetings. No accreditation. They also mentioned that they recommend that the Diamond League organizers, Continental Tour, all these other top-tier races, exclude Russia and Belarus. So that's yeah, where we're at. So, so we're it's, at. Yeah, so it's, hey, you're welcome back, but you're suspended for something else. Um, yeah. Which, you know, I'm not going to argue with uh, with the suspension or, you know, with not wanting them back in right now. I'm... Yeah, cool, man. Like, do your do your thing. Um, you know, I mean, I, I said the only part of this that is like, you know, even at all, just like a, a tricky area is like, man. So, sometimes there's a athlete or two or eight or whatever it is that you're just like, ah, oh, sucks for them. Like, because maybe they, you know, didn't do anything wrong, and we just don't know. Um, but outside of that, I'm like, yeah, I, got, I, I have no pity for Russia as a as a whole, really. Yeah, politicians, the leaders of the country. I did yeah. see a follow-up. I did see a follow-up thing as it regarded a, the Olympics as I think it was the IOC floating basically the ANA process but because of war sanctions. Gotcha. Okay. So they're getting rid of the ANA section for anti-doping. And perhaps, and it's not in this document, I'm not saying it's for track, but what I saw was a sport-by-sport decision to potentially allow athletes to compete on on a case-by-case basis um, going around the, the total ban due to their participation in the war. And you wonder how long it's going to last, too. Not the war, but, I mean, the war, yes, but, like, th- these two things are, like, five years, ten years? I mean, I, I get it, it. It seems as if World Athletics is extremely resolute. Like this was Coe's statement. As I noted at the time, these measures were introduced last year. The unprecedented sanctions imposed on Russia and Belarus by countries and industries all over the world appear to be the only peaceful way to disrupt and disable Russia's current intentions uh, and restore peace. The death and destruction we have seen in Ukraine over the past year, including the death of some 185 athletes, have only hardened my resolve on this matter. That doesn't sound like a guy who's just going to let them back in. When no. time passes, it sounds like it's going to need to be at the conclusion of the war. Yeah, and I'm not going to argue with it. Um, I'm I'm totally fine with that. And then, like I said, for those, you know, I like I like the case by case basis of of athletes. Maybe you know, just considering that, just for sometimes there are just people who, yeah, you know, you're just like, oh, that sucks for them because you know they could be totally against the war and they could be following all the rules and trying to do everything right. And you know, just, just mm-hmm. unfortunate, unfortunate circumstance. So, um, yeah, no, no, no complaints on this end. So then let's get into the other matters that were discussed in the meeting and ruled on. So transgender and DSD regulations. So they prohibited athletes who are male to female trans... Whoops. Did I lose you? Oh, Oops, sorry. Yeah, cut out there. Oh, sorry. No, it's okay. Let's try that again from the yep. transition. Okay. So let's go to the transgender and DSD regulations. So first, in regards to transgender athletes, uh, they've excluded male to female transgender athletes 
who have been, and I'm quoting the release here, been through male puberty from female world rankings competitions. They go on to say that there aren't any transgender athletes competing internationally in athletics. They're going to study it further and create a working group. And then in terms of DSD athletes, which is there were very prominent DSD athletes in track and field, and it was an issue that's been discussed now for what, about 10 10 plus years, going yeah. on 15 years. I mean, it's gone back longer than that, but in, in the current era with all these changes to the rulings and Kaz weighing in and back and forth impacting athletes like Caster Semenya, it's been a long, long road. And this feels like they've made, they've come to a final decision. Now, I don't know what the legal recourse will be, but this decision they came to, it essentially pushes out DSD athletes unless they're willing to suppress their naturally produced testosterone under 2.5 nanomoles per liter, which is uh, half of what the requirement was before. And you can say, all right, well, last time the athletes, they could, they didn't need to suppress the testosterone, but they needed to just avoid events 400 the mile, which is why we saw some athletes move up and some athletes move down. Well, they've gotten rid of those guidelines as well too those restrictions so it's, it's a restriction on every single event we saw caster semenya run world cross in that relay because it was a four by 2k yeah. and 2k is longer than a mile so she was able to run it and we've seen this with numerous athletes so basically they they're not eligible to compete in these world athlete world uh, athletics rankings events which is the important events the events that would get you to world championships and the world championships and, and the Olympics themselves. And the level needs to be, the testosterone level needs to be that way for 24 months. So even if they wanted to uh, take the medication, take the met medical steps necessary to suppress the naturally produced testosterone, unless they've already started, if they started the moment this ruling came down, it would be two years before they could compete. Yeah, that's <clears throat> so. I like I said, it basically kind of just, you know, ends that. You know, I mean, maybe for future mm -hmm. athletes or whatever. But it, it, it's it's you know, it's even more restrictive. Which you know, I think we talked about before, where it was kind of like, hey, you started with these limited events, and we, I, I think we've talked about how like, it seems like it's just going to keep expanding. Like if 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 these athletes are su succeeding in other events, they're they're basically looking for excuses to get you out, like. If if you're not good enough to cause noise, then it's fine. Mm -hmm. But then if you're, you know, a metal contender or something like that, then they they want to restrict it. And it's like you know, for for the athletes themselves, like I I mean I I certainly feel for them. It's it's such a it's such a weird. I, I mean, I, I, to be honest, I don't even know exactly how I feel about this stuff because it's so. Like I think there's has to be certain restrictions, you know, put in place. But like I don't know you know, what, what any of these lines mean. Like, I mean, we were both, I think, you know, for letting Semenya compete and, um, mm -hmm. in the past. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not changing on that. It's just, it's such a, huh, it's, it's a tough thing to talk about just cause I, I, you know, I, I'm, I, first of all, I'm just like not smart enough to speak about it intelligently, but also I just think it's, you know, it's like, these are people, it's not just like that straightforward. Yeah. Um, and then like, it's, and so I just, I don't know what to, I don't know. I feel like I'm rambling. <laughs> yeah, and that's the 
that's the part of this that gets lost is, is they are people and this is their livelihood and these are their careers. And you can agree or disagree with the policy, but these athletes didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. And that's, and, and there's obviously, yeah. And a lot of people get it and that's great. Uh, some people choose to, to vilify them and make it seem as if what they're doing is <laughs> nefarious in some way, shape or form. And it's not. Semenya was following the rules. Let's just use her as an example. And she took the medication for a while. She said her body didn't respond well to it. Then they, the policy changed again and she went back and, and, and continued to dominate. The reason I didn't like it was it just felt so arbitrary when they were saying 400 to a mile because a lot of the stuff that was written was basically just like sure. she, she is DSD. She is dominating. Ergo, that event is off limits. Well, then what happened? Then you had other athletes move to other events where they were either meddling or becoming metal threats and then they just say, all right, well, that your success is now evidence that – uh, that it's not fair. Um, and it just, it is a tricky situation. We've talked about it before. Track is at the forefront of all these issues. It feels like, even though they don't always make the best decisions or the wisest decisions, but because there is such quantifiable measures of human performance in track and field, and because track and field attracts uh, athletes from all over the world competing in a variety of athletic endeavors right everything bubbles up to the top every issue you can possibly think of uh gets magnified in the sport of track and field and this was and is one of them and it's hard to look back and and look at just even the short history of it the last 15 years and say it was handled well i don't i don't think many people would argue that just all the back and forth With it, and if you thought, if you were advocating early on for an out and out, you know, a lower level um, of testosterone, then you're you're probably upset. And if you were wanting Semenya to compete, you're obviously not a fan of how how she was treated throughout this whole process. So it's a very uh, this is, a, this is a lot more clear-cut than I thought it would be. I thought in regards to transgender prep, uh, participation, it would be this clear-cut because I saw what swimming did, and it was the same thing. And then also, Ward Athletics floated a similar uh, process for DSD athletes, for transgender athletes, and they received a lot of criticism. So I thought, okay, that was just the trial balloon that they were floating out there. They, it, it received all this pushback. They can go back to their meeting and say, hey, look, this is not... Nobody likes this. We're not going to do this. So I expected it when it came to that aspect. But for DSD athletes, I I knew it was trending that way just because of how fast and how successful some of those athletes were. But I didn't think it would be this concrete because what this amounts to is, is a ban. Let's, let's be honest. Unless, for, unless people sure. want to take medication. I mean, you're yeah, unless, doing like, 24 people, months. Yeah, you have to be – like it's like you're young coming up and you are – starting this program now to be able to try to do this in your, you know, whatever in your twenties, you know, like it's, it's like if you're a current athlete right now, it seems kind of a, you know, an impossible lift. Yeah. It's just, well, and the, yeah, the, the, the quantity, right. And again, and I'm not an expert on 
how the medication works and it probably different for other people but if it was if the quantity was five before and now it's 2.5 that's just a dramatic difference and yeah i think the public's viewpoint has changed on this but i don't think the change is some uh, linear or not linear what, what am i trying to say like it's, it's all over the place some people have gone to one side some people have gone to the others um Maybe people's perspective, depending on what group we're talking about, people have hardened their viewpoint. It's just, uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's I, I, I guess I was just surprised with the clarity of it and the definitive nature. Yeah, which, I mean, yeah, no, I, I agree. It's, it's, and maybe, you know, maybe that is a response to like just before, like drawing these arbitrary lines and all the lines are arbitrary, I guess you could say, you know, they're yeah. creating the, these, these things, but it's like, these, you know, these events have this restriction and it's just like, okay, why, why though? I mean, like, mm-hmm. okay, there's, you know, I, I just, I never bought that like, okay, the 1500's good, the 3K, the not, you know, or the 1500's not good, the 3K is good and it's like, all right, this is a weird thing. Yeah. Um, so, and, and I mean, yeah, like I said, it, it, I mean, it really all comes back to it's just these athletes were successful. I mean, it's, um, you know, we, we, we had the, the Pistorius conversations before as well and it's just like, he was allowed to compete because he was good enough to like make a final and mm-hmm. be good for the sport. Yeah. But if he was a medalist, he yeah. never would have been allowed to compete. And that's just, but I, I believe that 100%. Like I mm-hmm. think this, that's how the sport would react to it. And it's far from a, you know, perfect or scientific way to do it because it's just like, I, no matter what you are making up the rules. Right. And it's just, well, man, uh, Semenya's real good. Uh, mm-hmm. Boma's real good. Like, I guess let's let's do this. And it's like, okay, it's an advantage. Like, I, I think we can, you know, we could say that. But it's like there's advantages everywhere that people are born with, <laughs> um, you know, that that are also mm-hmm. there. So it's like, no matter what, you are drawing lines that that you're kind of just making up, and you're you're try- It is to try to make it fair. Like, I don't think most people at least or, or, or the people making these rules are trying to do this in, in some evil way. Yeah. Um, some very well might be, but, but I think, I think in general, it's just like, all right, how we want this to be fair for everybody. And it can't be because it's not fair to these athletes now. Right. Like the mm-hmm. ones that are being excluded. And you know, some would say it's, it wasn't fair to the other athletes before. So yeah. it's like, you're, you're putting an impossible situation. I know a lot of people like to think it's black and white. Um, and and I could understand that how how passionate people can be about you know arguments with this stuff, but it is it is a complicated issue. It's it's tough to it's it's a tough um, thing to figure out. Well, and then you add into the mix just the current political climate that, yeah, ar- sure. around these sorts of issues, which just makes it even more difficult to talk about and and discuss. And people could have well intentioned disagreements with the policy um, but then there's also people out there who don't like they don't have well-intentioned <laughs> disagreements sure. right yeah. right and and then, and then that that gets lumped in with you know like all that gets lumped in together and high schools deciding a policy is getting lumped in with pro sports right which is or one country's policy is getting lumped in with another or a, a healthcare issue is getting lumped in with this stuff. And each right. one is 
is is different in a way. And when you get to pro sports, it's obviously you're talking about a a smaller group of people. A, a, a very small group of people. Yeah. Right. When it comes to yeah, pro- exactly. that, that, the, the professional elite, elite of the elite. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I think, yeah, I, I agree with, with what you said. And I think going back to what you referenced earlier with the certain events getting blocked versus all of them, I think they just found it easier to, hey, if we're going to, if we believe in a ban, this is not me talking. This is World Athletics hypothetically yeah. talking. Not, but it's just easy if it's gonna hold up to scrutiny in court or you know, uh, CAS or whatever. It's like just it needs to be all one thing or all another thing because then people are gonna argue around the margins about it, and then that's okay. Well, why is the why is the two hundred allowed? As opposed to just like oh no, we found advantage in these events and we are all. As a global body, because there's an advantage, we're going to exclude them for, from participation. I, I think they just found it an easier thing to defend if it was a universal policy as opposed to just a few events. But it yeah, is sort it, of in a way – Oh, no, please. Last yeah. point. Sorry. Last point. It is kind of the quintessential track approach to it though of like, let's look at all this. Let's break this up into a million component pieces and dissect each one and try to figure out like, what's the advantage here? What's the advantage there? And I, I, I think ultimately they found that really hard to, to defend. Yeah. And I, I, and I, you know, I think part of it of doing, you know, 400 through, through mile was a little bit. Well, I mean, it was, well, it was cause you're, I mean, a hundred percent, it was Castlevania, but I think it was also uh Hey, let's try to, appease everyone a little bit like it screwed yeah, over yeah. Castlevania. there's no question but like like okay well let's just restrict this but we don't want to kick people out completely like we, you know we're not yeah, yeah trying to option. be yeah it, it was just this this kind of halfway measure and mm-hmm. again i could even understand it from that aspect of just going like hey we really don't want to like bar these athletes right like but yeah we have to do something and then they're, they're caught in this kind of middle ground but then you just leave yourself open to well, why, like, what really? There's that much of a difference between this event and that event, and, and it just mm-hmm. yeah, opens yeah. up to even more questions. So it's, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think the you know the 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 escalation of the of the restrictions, you know, right or wrong, whatever whatever you believe, it's. I, I think it's absolutely a response to kind of like, hey, this last thing didn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, and now we have athletes moving into other events, and they're. Not as dominant, perhaps, as Semenya was in the 800, but winning medals and running fast times and winning diamond leagues, and that was enough for them. If the athletes that moved to the other events were running and getting 17th at Worlds in the 10,000, it wouldn't be an issue. Oh, I, yeah. I don't no. think. I think. No, they, I, 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 I agree I 100%. Have... I I think they completely just go, hey, it's it's fine. You know, it's like I said, it, it takes – Whatever, you know, the, the, the kind of difference is, yeah, it takes someone really winning medals and that gets, you know, either media or other athletes or other people talking and that's where, where things really get moving. But yeah, I mean, you know, I said when somebody's, you know, yeah, the 15th best, it's kind of like, you know, maybe the 16th best isn't super happy about it, but it's not going to get a ton of attention. Yeah, 100%. And, and to the people who wanted the restrictions, like, okay, well, that's proof of the fact that there's an unfair advantage 
but then that's sort of tough because, okay, now we're the only way for us to stay in the sport is to be anonymous. To, is to not be good. Is to not <laughs> to not strive. Right, yeah, it's and then it's like, yeah, what's the what's the point? Like, which I'm gonna, which I'm gonna, yeah. Well, well, that loops back to I remember that criticism or critique or analysis. I don't know what you want to call it of Semenya, where for all those users, like, oh, she's purposely running slow so that way people don't pay attention to her. I said, what are you talking about? This is like everybody pays attention to everything Caster Semenya does. If she didn't want want to be a, under the radar, she just not do track anymore. Like, like when she was, she always, I felt ran her best regardless yeah, of when sure. it was. Yeah. yeah. No, that's, it's just, yeah. So. I think it was just, she just had one of those forms that didn't look like you were, you know, using full, full effort. Well, and she was right? on, well, and she said she was on medication for a lot of that time and she said it made it slower, made her slower. Yeah. So. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's making you slower then it's, yeah. yeah. It just, it was, you know, going back to 2009 you can read some of the coverage of it and looking back in retrospect and where we've come, it's, it's a, it's a long journey. And one, I think that a lot of people will have some second guessing and, and some, and some regrets about how some of that stuff was covered. But in any event, um, yeah, looking at this release, it's like what athletics, just a lot of heavy topics. I almost wonder if they wanted to do something like light at the end, be like, here's some birthday shout outs, something like that. <laughs> right. And we're or put put uh mix four by four and there's but we're still keeping it. And everyone's like, oh no. <laughs> they just do a Ted Lasso recap at the end, and we're like, wait a minute. Yeah, that's that's our job. What are you talking about? Peter Bull update. Yeah. Remember Peter Bull? Australian eight hundred meter runner. Um was provisionally banned when he had a positive EPO test. Um, he protested his innocence from the jump and then had it retested. And after he had it retested, he was cleared. However, they yeah. continued the, I guess it wasn't cleared, but they, he, they lifted the suspension. They said that they were going to continue the investigation into bull well now more information has come out and more read from a article in the the what is this the sydney what is news au news au um independent testing has revealed peter bull never used the banned substance that saw the middle distance star provisionally banned last year rocking athletics world um and his legal team says he was a victim of a quote catastrophic blunder catastrophic blunder um, yeah. independent testing, uh, according to city morning Herald, independent testing commissioned by his legal team found quote, no presence of any synthetic EPO. And his lawyer said inexperience and incompetence at the Australian sports drug testing laboratory led to an incorrect determination of bulls initial positive a sample. Yeah, that's, I mean, I mean, I think the, the 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 term, the terminology of a uh, blunder of epic proportions is pretty accurate. I mean, if you, yeah, sus- you know, provisionally suspend somebody for using EPO, and then they didn't, mm-hmm. that's a blunder of epic proportions to me. Because <laughs> um, it's, I mean, and somebody, it's in the, you know, it's in the dictionary. 
Yeah, and like Peter Bowles, you know, okay, he's vindicated all this stuff, but it's like that, that stuff sticks around with you unfairly, right? Like if he's 100% innocent, and that's, you know, whatever, that's what I believe now, um, then it's like, but like, I don't know. I feel, I feel like some people just get that like, like once you kind of get a little bit of uh, drug cheat stink on you, like yeah. people think about it, whether they want to or not. Um, and then, you know, if, if, yeah, if you're not doing that, you don't deserve that. So it's just like, it kind of, it's a brutal thing to have to, to have to go through. And like, and, and, you know, we've seen so many, uh, you know, athletes that who just vehemently deny and it's, you know, I, I did not dope. I think I've seen before. Um, mm-hmm. it's, you know, we kind of, it's white noise, right? Cause it's just like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Another one who, uh, what was it? That, what was tainted this time? What'd you, yeah, what's yeah. going on? But it's like, sometimes this does happen and it's just brutal, right? Like it's just, you just don't, you know, it's like, we've talked about before too. It's just like, you, the last thing you want is somebody to get like, I'd rather a drug sheet go by free than a innocent person get busted. Yeah. You know? And most people agree with that. They may say it, but not, but then you actually get, pose the, like them the hypothetical situation of like, okay, well, which innocent athlete would you like accused of doping? This is like, right, no, yeah. no, that's not like their career not, destroyed. Like it's right. And it's tough to say that, especially because everybody wants the cheaters caught, but it's a bargain that, or not a bargain. It's the most realistic, like it's just a thing that's going to happen, right? I mean, it's, it's. Yeah. Yeah. So the lawyers outline all the, the issues with it. We're not going to go into great detail because neither you or I are chemists, so we can break it down. But not yet. It just, you're right. This, this can't, this is the thing that can't happen. Yeah. It, it can't, it can't happen. And uh, fortunately, he wasn't gone for long. And fortunately, this wasn't. This didn't come out on the week before the Olympics. Yes. And right, cost sure. him that sort of situation. I almost, I wonder, there's going to be a certain percentage population who never believe him, but I almost wonder because the pushback from him was so unambiguous and it happened and they got a pretty clear resolution here. Now, maybe people argue with that. I, I wonder if, people will view it differently because of that. Yeah. No, I, I, I you know, I, I agree. I, I, like I said, no matter what, there's going to be some, <laughs> some cynics for sure. Um, who are just, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't buy the B sample or whatever, you know, but it's just like, I don't know. I, you know, again, I'm, you know, I'll, I'll go to my grave just believing liars probably, but, um, I, I don't think that's the case here. Um, and it's just, yeah, I mean, it's, it's like I said, luck, luckily, you know, like I said, damage is done in the, in the sense, you know, it's just reputation and all that stuff. Yeah. But I, I'm glad it, you know, it didn't affect him as, you know, as badly as it could. This is the last thing. The last thing you want is like, you know, four years later to be like, mm-hmm. oh, by the way, our bad. Um, you yeah, should have yeah. been allowed to compete in those, those last two, three championships, you know, like I mean, that's, that's the, that's the, the worst case scenario of this. Um, so yeah. Yeah. This is the, it was two labs too. We should, I don't know if we mentioned that before and one more quote from his lawyer. This wasn't even a close call. These were just negative tests. They couldn't get it right. They had no idea what they were doing. That's uh yeah. Maybe the, you know, supervise the person on their first day, maybe who's taken, uh, 
the drug samples and stuff. You know, I like I said, I'm not a chemist. Um, I'm not yeah. working on it, but um, <laughs> make sure you get these right. Well, you are in Albuquerque. It's true. So most famous chemists of all time. That's a good point. <laughs> okay, let's go to email. How about that? Yeah, absolutely. Howsomerun at gmail.com. Here's Noah from Oregon. We are currently getting into the thick of track season out here, and honestly, I love this time of year when everything starts up again. The days are longer, and the weather is occasionally somewhat better. But as a spectator fan, parent, volunteer, and clerk of the course, I have noticed that the meets are too long for most people, including kids. Mm -hmm. Sure, on a beautiful day at a beautiful track, it is easy to spend four hours watching a meet. But on those days when the rain is coming down, when the facility lights have to be turned on because the gloom is descending while the meet is only halfway through the 200 heats, parents and kids and volunteers only want it to be over. That is not the feeling I want anyone to associate with our sport. Personally, I don't know of any perfect solution, but I was wondering if you could canvas your listeners and see if there are any creative ideas about how to organize a meet that is inclusive for all kids who want to run, but also does not take four to five hours. The answer must be out there, right? Uh, thanks for the awesome podcast. No one Oregon. P.S. I was toying with the idea of streamlined meets that offer one sprint, 100 or 200, one, mis- one mid-distance event, four or eight, one distance event, 15 or three, one relay, short or long, one hurdle. Uh, the next track meet would, of course, offer the other events, so all events would still be available over the course of a two-meet cycle. I know this means there would be more heats of each event, but I still think it would make the evenings go faster because the transitions, both for meet officials and athletes, seem to take a long time. And it is simply faster to run a single big heat of the 3,000 versus 15 and a 3,000, for example. Thanks again for any ideas you or your listeners might have. Yeah, this is difficult. I mean, I like his idea, you know, like kind of the split there. You do like the kind of double meet where it's, you know, alternate events kind of thing. Um, The thing about being all-inclusive for all kids, that's where you just get, you know, eight heats of this race or something like that. And it's just, I don't know how you avoid it. Um, Right. Like, I mean, it's, it's just one of those things that just, and it's, I agree. It's hard to, you know, to, to, to to watch something for that long, even, Mm -hmm. you know, um, high level meat would still just be like, Oh man, this is getting, this is getting a lot. I mean, there's a reason, you know, no movies are really over three hours. Um, Most aren't even over two. Baseball's got the pitch clock, yeah. You know, yeah. Where we're trying to, we're trying to, uh, th- you know, uh, just get get things a little, little quicker. Um, but I don't know. Do you have any better ideas besides that? I'm sure the listeners probably do. Yeah, I want to hear from the listeners on this for sure. But when I was coaching and I was in charge, mostly, or one of the people in charge of our home meets, by the end we had them well under five hours. We probably had them under four hours. But here was my secret. You know what the secret was? Hmm. Nothing was timed. And I don't know if that would go over well anymore. Mm. And the reason nothing was timed is because some of the veteran coaches in our conference said, yeah, we don't need to worry about that. <laughs> so I said, okay. You know, and our school didn't have a you know, brand new track or we didn't have timing equipment, right? And right. remember when we, when we ran, it wasn't automatic timing, but it was all your – your math teacher and your English teacher sit in those little, the wooden high rise things with a stopwatch. Yep. And then write the time down on a cross. Yeah. Well, and and then you write, and it's all wrong. It's all probably out of order. 
and then they write the time down on the card, and then the card gets taken up to the booth or wherever where someone's scoring it. So we didn't do any of that because the people in our league who had been around forever didn't they didn't have automatic time equipment, and I guess they just figured at their school they couldn't get enough people together. Now everybody time you they just said basically time your own kids. So we right. didn't have a we didn't have a team score because they didn't care about it. And I said, okay, well if you don't care about it, I've been here a year and a half. I'm not going to go extol the virtues of a team score. Right now the meets at their school went slowly still. So I looked at where they had some downtime and I just tightened it up and tightened it up and tightened it up because I figured, man, if there's no timing going on, we just need to line the kids up and go. Because you look at a lot of these meets where they have a ton of heats and they take forever, but they like Penn relays, Texas relays, Mount Sac, it's, it's go, 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 go. It's, you're not doing any warmups. You're getting on the track. You're going that heat finishes. Then you're going. Now they have the luxury of having sophisticated timing systems. So they get the time plus the fast experience, but you can, you can send heats really quickly. If you're organized enough and you're in sync with the starter, um, I don't know to know a situation. Maybe they have, maybe timing's not slowing them down, but that's the thing that really sped ours up was like, we didn't need to worry about anything regarding times, but maybe that's yeah. not his issue. Maybe that's not his issue. Cause maybe in 2023, that's not the, that's not the low. Right. Yeah. Thing. And that's but for us. That, that's, us a tough that's what sell, it would have been for sure. I think. Well, but, okay. Yeah. So I remember when we were running, we did go to some meets where they had timing and it's just, it's those ones went even longer because, Oh, they got to reset the timing mad. And Oh, this thing's going on. That thing's like, it, it always just seemed to take a bit longer. The other thing is just, yeah, moving around the track positioning. Okay. Now the starter needs to walk from this side over there. And then we need to get all the kids over there. Everything is reactive. You got to be proactive. You got to have the hurdles ready to roll. You have to have a million volunteers. Also, I wonder Maybe if you're talking about dual meets and tri meets or just fun meets, try to figure out the right combination of schools so the entries stay relatively the same. So don't put three gigantic schools together in one meet. Instead, put one gigantic one, one medium one, and one small one together. And then you can start to develop a pattern where, okay, we can do a three-hour meet with this many athletes and offered this many events, or we can do the two hour, like we can have these different varieties because we can do six heats of the 200 this way and 12 heats of the 400 that way. Um, but I haven't done this in so long and I really don't know. I a hundred percent agree with him though. It's all of my memories of running the two mile in high school was pitch black <laughs> yep. and the meet started at three, three o'clock, correct? Two thirty or three. Like, yeah, I think, fe- I think three field yeah. events at two thirty, four by eight at three, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds right about, yeah. No, they were very I, long. They were, they were very long days. Um, and yeah, it was, you know, in your high school, you're messing around with your friends. It could still be fun, but they did a long day. Um, yeah. So they, I agree. They're, they're, yeah, it's, it, it's a tough thing though. And you have those giant fields. I just, you're in for, you're in for a lot. It's not – you don't notice it as much if you don't have any downtime on the track. If something is going on at all times, you at least feel like you're maximizing what you can be doing. And that was my goal too. It's just like, hey, when this event's done, we need to have the next group on the track. 
And it wasn't – I didn't do anything special. It was more just knowing the sport a little bit. I knew where to position volunteers and I knew where there would be some choke points and how we could iron those out. Um, that's why I got hired by Amazon.com directly after this and landed a lucrative nine-figure deal because I just knew I knew the logistics and import-export supply chain stuff. But the – if I, I guess you got to figure out why is it too long. And I think he's saying here um, – what is he saying here? Transitions for meet officials and the athletes. So if that's the reason, if that's the reason, then that can be tightened up. If it's just my meet is too big because I have too many events, that's just, that's a numbers thing. Yeah. And you got, and you got to just find a way to drop the numbers. But yeah, it is not a good spectator experience. Let's just be honest. It's not. Yeah, for sure. And I don't know it's it's track tries to be everything for everybody and <laughs> I love it for that reason, but that also makes it difficult because it is nonstop, constant. Never Yeah, ending. it's yeah, it's just yeah, because it because it's so inclusive, that's uh part of the part of the deal. Yeah, I mean when I'm you're right though, when you're running in it, it's fun. It's cool. Yeah, because you're it's, just hanging out, and you're yeah, you're you know, oh, let's go up to the stands for a little bit. We'll hang out here. Okay, we're doing this. Oh, the event's coming up in an hour. I guess we could start, you know, warming up, stretching. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's all that stuff. And it's fun. You're watching your friends run. But I just remember coaching, not even on the dual meet side of things, but the the invitationals. The we, everybody needs to be at the bus at six a.m. because the first event's at eight a.m. and then. The four by four is at five thirty p.m., and then you're getting back to the school, unloading stuff, and you're getting in your car. at it's a twelve fourteen hour day. Yeah, and it's just it shouldn't be like that. It doesn't need to be like that. But I but like everybody before me, I don't know a way to fix it. I mean, I guess one thing is just meats can just be smaller, and we can just. <laughs> all compete within our little area, cut down on traffic uh, time, travel time, and then also you're in – but nobody wants to do that. Everybody wants to run against people who are of their similar abilities. Yeah. And I just – yeah, I see friends of mine who have kids around my age who have put their kids into youth track and I see the videos and I see the posts and I just think, man, that's a commitment. That's a, <laughs> that's a large commitment. And I, when I was their age, so when I was eight, I was swimming. And it was a similar thing. You're just at the meet all day. You're yeah. in the pool all day. Because it's the same thing. It's only eight people can go at a time. And the difference with swimming is you're usually swimming more because you can swim more. I don't know if you know, but Michael Phelps got a lot of gold medals. <laughs> so you can swim more. So your parents see you more and, and you're having fun, but it was a incredibly long day or weekend or what have you. And, um, but I don't think participation is declining. Maybe, I don't know if someone has numbers, but it's just seems as, as popular as ever, doesn't it? Yeah, I would think so. I mean, it's, it just seems like one of those things that's like, always the same like where it's just like hey this is always always busy 
there's always things going on. You know, like like track is going to have you know super elite athletes. It's going to have people who just want to give it a shot. Like it's just like yeah, I, I have no idea how could that is, but I, I, it just seems like for I don't know thirty years that's been the case. Yeah, I think his idea is good though about combining events. I think that's for the the better if you can make it quicker because that cuts down on that transition time. So instead of a bunch of heats of the hundred and then a bunch of heats of the two and also just fewer doubles, which that's good. Isn't it? <laughs> Don't, I, yeah. Yeah. And then you make, yeah, you mix it up, you know, if you're only winning one, one event, you're kind of forced to try something else. And that, that could be, that could be a good time. Yeah. The great, the conversation that I always had towards the end of the meet was with the other coaches of, Hey, so just so you know, for the 3200, we're putting everybody on the track at the same time. You guys got it? And they're all, yes, yes, thank you, thank you. Oh, my gosh. I want to get out. Like, anytime you can combine, you combine. And that's the other thing I was looking – like, I wasn't going to do a JV heat of the mile with four kids and a varsity heat of the mile with nine kids. Oh, no way. Yeah, you're all just on the track. But but some places we'd go to, and because the starter said that's how he wanted to do it and didn't get any pushback, the gun goes off, and you see – three kids starting a mile and you just think that's, that's and, and the first thing i think yeah well that the immediate thing you think is that's just added 10 minutes to the meet because by the time they finish set everything up shoot the gun for the next that adding an extra heat right there is just more time and it's not fun for the like the, the kids don't like it you don't want to no. race against two or three other people doesn't no. matter if you're you know the, the varsity level or the jv level either way it's not fun yeah going back to the meets that were at our school that when i was coaching it was just, it, it was chaos the first time I saw it, and then it became more organized chaos because I would fill every lane because there was there was no heat sheets or anything. Right. So it was yeah. every team, if it was, say it was three teams, every team could put two people in the A heat, and I would stand at the 200-meter start and said, who are your A runners, okay? And then alternate the lanes, fill them in with other people, next heat, next heat, next heat. It was literally that. And it was just by the time the starter walked over from wherever their last of it, say it was at the, the 400 meter start, the start finish. By the time the starter trekked all the way, took all their stuff. Starters still have briefcases probably getting back to the original. Uh, oh, question for of the sure. So by the time the starter lugs it's all their stuff. Get their mustache combs. Yeah. Yeah. And the, and their uh, uh, red coat. By the time yes. they get all the way over to the 200 start, I got. I have the first couple heats already lined up, because it's just not. It. It. it I wasn't dealing with huge fields, mind you. This would not be sustainable for a uh, a massive meet, but for a four, four team, three team, three small teams, medium to small teams, it it worked out just fine. But again, that's not ideal. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's uh, send in your ideas. Maybe uh, I mean, yeah. we've got a lot of coaches and, and obviously runners and stuff. So anything, anything good. I mean, everybody times herself anyway. If you could just make it, I guess we got to dive into more. Like, what is the biggest holdup in a meet? Like, when is the most frustrating time in terms of what is going on? Because sometimes you'll do that. You'll be at a track meet and you'll be talking to somebody. And you'll watch, oh, man, that race is crazy. And then you'll start talking to them about something else, something else. And then you'll realize seven minutes have passed and nothing's on the track. And you'll look up and you say, what's going on? And then everybody's confused. 
And maybe everybody's waiting on somebody. Oh, is it the starter? It's like, no, the starter's waiting on the clerk. Well, who's the clerk waiting on? The clerk's waiting for the butler. Well, who's butler working on? Butler's waiting on Colonel Mustard. And then you don't even know why the meat isn't going anywhere. They don't have a clue why it goes that slow, Jason, is what I'm saying. It's, yeah, I mean, you're right. And it's, like I said, it's it's really that that downtime of the... Man, they're still setting up this uh, this event, or you yeah, know, like yeah. just that, that, those kind of ones are are killers. Yeah. Well, and then you look out, and it's one coach setting up all the hurdles. It's like <laughs> right. Come on, come on, like let's get let's get some volunteers in in place here. All right, Tim writes in uh, more nineteen sixty eight book collaboration. Yeah. Hey, Kevin. Potential nineteen sixty eight jumps events connection. The space race. A U.S. athlete wins the long. A Soviet athlete wins the triple. U.S. just a couple months away from the first manned launch of a lunar-capable shuttle. Were there any coaching parallels to the scientists working on the shuttles? That's where my knowledge runs out. Write the book. Okay. Trip to NASA now. Good. I Let's love add it. it to the list. Oh, this is getting good, man. They're, they're, I mean, they're literally giving you chapters here. Just, just handing them over. Free. Has a book ever been crowdsourced this effectively before? <sighs> I don't think so. I, it's, this, is, this is fantastic. I think I think another, what, uh, 15 episodes? This will be done. <laughs> exactly. I just, but then I have to, do I have to split all my earnings? How does that work? Mm, yeah, that's a, it's a fair point. Well, you know, it's uh, for 700 episodes of podcasting, they'll, they'll, maybe, maybe they'll call it even. <laughs> Space race. I just love it. Totally Sim- canceled. Simon... <laughs> No, that's Space Olympics, sorry. Yeah, Space Olympics. Simon and Schuster's big. Wait, you need to go to NASA now too? So yes. Tim said. Gotta do it. If you please look at the email uh, dated Thursday. Um, every March every email though I get is just, it's like validating for me. You no, know, it's good. Like it's that's the thing, is like I'm like, yeah, this is a good yeah. idea. Because again, I I'm normally the bad idea good execution guy. So to have a good idea, or at least that idea that three or four emailers liked. Gives me confidence. Even better execution. Yeah, this is going to be. Yeah. This is it, man. All right. That's the email portion of the show. Houseofrun at gmail.com. Not a ton. You might be saying, Kevin, Jason, you guys are slacking. You're just here to talk about Ted Lasso. No, there just wasn't wasn't anything going on. Now, this weekend. I, I will say, yes. I listened to Marshall's stand-up, which we didn't get to last Oh, week. sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. So, um, so I enjoyed it. He he, he kind of told a story. I, I you know I, I won't play it on here necessarily, um, but yeah, he was basically telling a story about uh, you know going to the doctors and things like that. Um, some good uh, some good little, little little jokes in there. I like your uh, kind of your what's the right word like similes, I guess. Right, like we're just like oh that's like this, and you're just you know you have some good pulls. Um, the story ends super abruptly, and I don't know if you ran out of time, Marshall, because it. Or if I just, I just need just to know giving notes on the pod, I, I need to know how the story ends. Yeah. Um, Marshall knows what I'm talking about. Kevin knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, I just, you know, cause I, either there needs to be a big punchline or there needs to be some resolution. Cause I'm, I'm left wondering. And maybe that's, maybe that's your thing. Maybe you're, yeah, you're waiting for the feedback so you can send, uh, send part two. I don't know. Hmm. He says, also, kudos on nailing the background from the picture I sent last week. It's actually a map of St. Louis and the various neighborhoods, jurisdictions, which make up, which make, which make which makes it up. The big green space is Forest Park. Oh, we thought it was an airport, didn't we? Are we set, I, what did we say? 
Yeah, I think it's uninhabited <laughs> land. No, it's Forest <laughs> Park. Anybody knows that. Of course, who's been around St. Louis. Uh, okay, good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, thanks for sending. I mean, you just got advice from a professional comedian, Marshall. No, so I hope you appreciate no. that. Uh, long, you know, haven't haven't done stand up in a while. So I mean, I don't know what I'm talking about, but I was just as I was I was watching it. Like there was definitely definitely stuff I enjoyed. Um, you 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 did first well. first one present because it was only only audio. It's first uh, but you one sounded too. you sounded comfortable yeah. up there. Um and yeah, man, that congrats. That takes that, that takes takes guts. It's very scary to get on stage. Mm-hmm. All right. Are we ready for Ted Lasso? Absolutely. All right. Episode three recap. Again, if you're not a Ted Lasso or don't want it spoiled, this is where we're gonna talk about Ted Lasso. Yep. Or maybe you don't like Ted Lasso, but you just want to hear us get really excited about something. Yeah, you're like, I'm not going to invest 40 minutes a week watching the show, but I'll listen to 30 minutes of them talk about that episode. In fact, I need to get so- to f- fire myself up a little more. And because yeah. we're going for an hour and 10, I need to get myself a sparkling water. Do it. So, so while I do that, you could just talk about whatever you'd like. Or you can start in on Lasso and I'll pick it up where you No, you're good yeah i mean uh so let's see i'll i'll try to recap last week um what where we left off um so the final thing we figure out uh you know zava is is coming to uh richmond which obviously you know big deal biggest biggest soccer player in the world legend in his own time thing like that um jamie has has concerns based on what we're seeing there He's a he's a team destroyer from from what some, some people are saying. Um, what else? We having you know Roy and Keeley. We kind of you know figured out. Hey, Roy's the one who broke up with her, but uh, and we kind of know at least what his fears were. But you know, it's still still not sure if that's going to have some sort of resolution or not. Um, let's see. Keeley hired someone new for her company. What else? Ted. Um, yeah, he you know. Uh, it seemed like the, uh, maybe it was the preview that we watched last week that we, we knew something was going to happen back at home. Um, I'm back. And so, yeah, I was just kind of recapping some of the stuff that we remember from the previous week. But Oh, okay. Previously on House of yeah. Runs recap of <laughs> Ted Lasso's previously on. <laughs> All right. Let, let's go through. So yeah. let's break this down into, into different characters. All right. Okay. So we have, let's just say, the team. That could be okay. one. Ted yep. and family. We didn't get much Nate, but we'll just talk. We'll talk about Nate. We'll check in with Nate each yep, week. Brief, briefly shown. Yep. Yeah. How about Rebecca? Rebecca, big. Yeah. How about Keely? Keely, for sure. Actually, and I'm thinking now, we need to break down the team. That's not. That's too broad. Yeah, because so we go, got Colin. Got Colin. We got Zava. We got Zava for sure. We got. Uh, Jamie. Jamie's, uh, yeah, big ups. Uh, yeah. And Roy, I guess. Right? Roy was yeah to that. Okay. Uh, oh, we got Sam. Sam, <laughs> I got, for sure. I got to talk about Sam. We, yes. Uh, Kevin, Kevin's been looking forward to Sam's restaurant, like when they're finally going to touch on that, and we finally got a little <laughs> bit of that. So. Uh, oh, and of course we have the UK's worst journalist. Love him. Trek Big fan. fan. Best best hair. Yeah, it's hard to believe that's real. Okay. Trent Krim. All right, let's just start first with Let's start first with uh Let's start first with Zava. 
Let's start. Let's yeah. do Zava. Okay, so we ended last. He's the, he's the headliner, right? Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, a, yeah. it's yeah. Five four one is a is about him, but we find out Zava doesn't want to run a five four one. Zava wants four, four five one. Oh, four five one. Excuse me. Only because that's the name of the, the episode. That's the only reason yeah, yeah. I, I knew that. Yeah. Yeah, but he wanted to run a nine one. Is basically yes. with him <laughs> with him being the one. Yep. They set up a grand entrance for Zava welcoming party celebration. Yeah. He is nowhere to be found. Everybody freaks out. Higgins eventually has to send people home. Yep. But Zava is actually there, just at the stadium, but not... In Rebecca's in, office, just just hanging out. Just hanging out. We realize that Zava, while also a superstar, <laughs> is also... He has a cult-like following, and he behaves so- somewhat like a cult leader. Is that fair to say? That is that is absolutely fair to say. Yes, okay. he he has you know uh, dick move, not showing up to the celebration for sure. Yeah, but he also has this charisma where everyone can't help but be kind of um, captured by him, except for kind of Rebecca and Jamie. Maybe the only two people who seem unaffected yes. by his you know his charms. He. He doesn't get one locker. He gets four lockers, yeah. Z, A, V, and A. I don't know enough about Zlatan Ibrahimovic, but I feel as if it's sort of a play on Zlatan, Zava. That, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think I people read something about that, uh-huh. that it was, you know, yeah. Because I don't, you know, I know very little about soccer. It's something I, I, I don't follow. But from my understanding, yeah, that's, that's kind of what they're going for. He's a great player, has an immediate impact. He scores a goal on the opening kickoff of the first game that he's yep. in, which is... Yeah, goalie's like playing up, talking to like his defenders, right? And Zoff And then he's yeah. just... Yeah, and he just goes just goes, goes full, you know, midfield to, to goal. So the reason I like Zava, he has, he has some charm, and everybody is enthralled by him, especially Danny, Danny Rojas, because yes. he... He wants to do everything that Zava does. As you mentioned, we'll talk about Jamie's reaction to him in a bit. But the thing I like about Zava is it would have been easy to cast the superstar in the same mode as Jamie Tart. A self-obsessed, egomaniacal, self-centered striker. Yes. But instead, what we got was a more modern view of a superstar in that this guy has this pull on people and he's some of his stuff isn't necessarily me, 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 me. It's just very weird. Like when he's talking to Higgins, it's weird and Rebecca and he's hugging people and it's he almost gives like- everybody their own individual like hello too. It's like for some people, it's like this little nod. For yeah. Higgins, it's like forehead to forehead like – intense yeah. you know kind of thing and it's yeah sorry i'm sorry i interrupted um i'm just saying it's more yeah. like the tom brady aaron Rodgers model of a superstar than it is the stereotypical superstar don't you think of just like hey that guy's kind of a little now those are you don't like aaron Rodgers, so and you like zaba but no but but yeah, but I mean, I guess I guess maybe Rogers is fair because Rogers seems like a freaking weirdo, right? And you know, he's went on a darkness retreat, which actually right doing all these seems like something Zava would do. Um, yeah, at 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 the heart, these guys are like just like Jamie Tart, or at least the old version of Jamie Tart. 
it is all about them. I'm just talking about how it's presented to the outside world. There are a lot of superstars, not just in soccer and not just in sports, but the personality and the persona that they take on is just this like, I am bigger than the sport. I am bigger than, than, than this game and da, 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 da. But at the end of the day, he, he sees it as nine guys and then him. Right, he's still just a big egomaniac. Yeah, that's the thing. Is he's hundred percent an egomaniac. He has a tattoo of himself, like basically like Jesus on his back, <laughs> and you know he he takes every opportunity to score. He steals, you know, a goal from Jamie. Mm-hmm. He's but he's clearly the best player. Like he's 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 incredible. So some of the the clips he's pulling off are just like insane, yeah. right? Yeah. Like preposterous. But they're but it's like okay, this guy's and he's like. Whereas Jamie in the first season scoring a goal and yelling me, me, yes, and the yes. rest of the team staring at him awkwardly, <laughs> he, he, he is flooded by his teammates. He yes. is, you know, he, he is popular. Like they like him. He is not, I wouldn't call him a team player, but he's like in with the team. You know, he shows up to Sam's restaurant, yeah. um, big event. Like he's, he seems to. But why does he show up? He shows up because he wants to sell them avocados. Hundred like, percent. Yeah, yeah. Like there's, there's always something there, and I, you know, I think his thing will probably wear thin. But amidst all this, that I guess we discussed, like they, they, they draw that first game, and then they've won five in a row with with Zava. Yeah, and so they're, they're up the table. They're up, the, up near the top of the thing, and of course, everything goes great when you're winning, right? It's, it's the best. Um, but he has been on whatever it was, you know, 13 teams in 14 years or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, so probably going to wear thin, but it's like all smiles, like I said, outside of Jamie. Yeah. And we find out kind of why Jamie's not all smiles. So the, yeah, the ego is just, it's just more subversive than it is. For yeah. Jamie. It's, 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 yeah, it, it's, it's, it's funnier. Yeah. For sure. Also, um, he's better than Jamie. He's better he than Jamie. Jamie's like the super talented young player, but like, yeah, Zava is like clearly like this guy is, you know, Pele reincarnate or whatever. Like yeah. he, he is, he is a God. Yeah. All right. Let's get into Jamie. Go ahead. So, yeah. So Jamie, we, uh, you know, he's, he's, we can tell he's unhappy with the Zava thing from the beginning. Right. Like, and yeah. we don't really know, but he, he like goes into the office, talks to, to the co you know, Ted beard and, and Roy about how, Hey, this guy's a selfish player. He's, you know, he's only out for himself. He, all this, all this stuff, and they all kind of like look at him. And it's and here's one of my my favorite jokes of the thing where, um, you know, Beard kind of comes and he's like, "Okay, coming from you, don't you think this is a little iron- ironic?" And he's like, you know, kind of whatever. But then talks about it. He's like, "I'm just saying, we were good. We don't need this." And then you know, Ted's basically saying, "Hey, we need a few games." If it doesn't work, maybe we'll revisit this, but let's try it out. Um, and then as Jamie's leaving the office, he tells Beard, he goes, by the way, I wasn't being ironic. I was being hypocritical. Ooh. And, Ooh. Which Beard's always the smartest guy in the room. Yeah, yeah. So seeing is. him get um, corrected by Jamie was hilarious to me. Like I, I laughed like really, really hard on that. Um, Jamie's Jamie's been in the lab. Jamie's been listening to podcasts. He has, dude. He's, 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 he's not like kind of the dummy that he was uh, portrayed as in season one. But the rest of the episode, it's basically him, you know, kind of not in on the party with everybody. Um, and like I said, he gets a goal stolen, a very obvious goal stolen from him, from Zav at the last minute. Um, but he's just kind of sulky during all of this, right? During the entire thing. So at near the end of the episode, at Sam's, Sam's restaurant, he's sitting alone. 
uh, you know, uh, kind of upset after Zava shows up, and Roy goes and sits with him. And Jamie kind of has a real moment where he just kind of says, like, you know, I... Well, Roy, Roy talks about how Zava's the best player on the team. And, you know, it's undeniable. But then Jamie kind of opens up about, like, I want to be the best. Like, I... Like, he genuinely cares about it. And you know, I mean, he's a professional football player, right? Like, he, he cares. But, like, I feel like this is the first time we've, like, seen him be, like, oh, he wants to be one of the greats. And before, it seemed like it was, like... Did Jamie Tart make the leap? Uh, well, but you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like, he, it's, it's, like, the first time I've seen him, like, be shown in that light. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Of going from, like, hey, I'm amazing at this. I love being the best. But, like, this is kind of my thing. And, like, yeah, he became a, a better dude in season two and a teammate. But it, it, we never got, like, the, man, this guy wants to be the, the best in the world. And so he's, he speaks with Roy, and Roy's like, Roy, met, Roy offers the training. And then it's immediate, all right, 4 a.m. tomorrow. And so now we're going to get a Roy-Jamie uh, team up, which I cannot wait for. I could not be more freaking excited. It was, to me, that was the, the highlight, yeah. You ever watch a show and then something happens and the first thing you do is check to see how much time's left on the episode because <laughs> yeah, you're hoping sure. it gets to that thing? Absolutely. When they when he said this, I did that and it was whatever eight minutes or seven minutes left. I said, Ah, we're not gonna get yeah, to it this week. I was hoping we'd get one scene of them at four in the morning. I say even the really opening just, of like them walking out in the field, what's dark? Yeah. Dude, I'll sign up for it. Okay, so the way Jamie's handling it is with mature immaturity. That's it, that that's a, that's well put. Yeah, I like that. He could totally torpedo the team if he wanted to. Um but I think deep down he also knows that they're all with Zava. Zava just number one Zava's better and Zava also has just the power and the pull. So he I think he also knows his limits. And and he can't go there. But I think old Jamie would have thrown his cleats. And oh, he would have walked away. Yeah, he would have quit. Yeah. Exactly. I'm not playing with this guy. Also, it's worth noting, Jamie played for Man City. He knows the, this caliber of player. So if he hasn't played, I don't think he's actually played with Zaba, despite Zaba being on 14 teams in 15 years. <laughs> but he knows guys like Zaba. He's played right. with the top players. Roy knows guys like Zaba, and Roy knows guys like Jamie. So he was able to diagnose that situation. Uh, pretty quickly, um, and Roy got that thi- like the, the 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 commonality between the you know Jamie and Roy was like Jamie talking about I don't like you know not being the best anymore and like Roy's like yeah somebody came along who's better than you like that happens yeah and obviously yeah, yeah. it happened obviously Roy knows that you know yeah all right so also on the team front we got Sam and he had people at his restaurant it looks like he might be involved. With one of the employees at his restaurant, which made a lot of chemistry going on there, which made Rebecca jealous. Rebecca got that green matchbook thing, which how do we feel? I I don't want to digress too much, but psychics. Yeah. I don't like it as a plot device. I just don't like it. I'm not huge. And she's obviously a huge skeptic. Her, her mom apparently, you know, was pushing her to go. Right. She, she, Rebecca wouldn't do the therapy, wouldn't do the therapy. Um, because she said she could self-diagnose herself, which, you know, she has a pretty good handle on who she is, not to say she couldn't uh, benefit yeah. from anything. Yeah. Um, but then she's, like, willing to go to this. You know, the therapy session lasts, like, five minutes. It's, like, you're going to get a green matchbook, a shite in 90, 19 armor, 
or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, and then you're going to be a mother. And at that point she walks out because, you know, she either, she wanted kids with yeah. Rupert and it never happened. And she's like legit hurt by that. Right. Yeah. And so she's kind of, you know, pissed, but she gets it in her head. And then she, she sees like, she has a matchbook earlier, not green. So irrelevant. But then at Sam's restaurant, like at the end, she sees a green matchbook and she kind of, freaks out a little bit so is that is that in any way connected to sam do you think that's yeah i guess that's the question like i guess you know obviously we knew they were sleeping together so it's like possibly i'm hoping it won't go that direction yeah um same same i just don't like i didn't even i didn't just necessarily dislike the sam and rebecca thing but i just don't i don't need it to be this I think I I like where she's at right now. It just in terms of just wanting that title. <laughs> just yeah, I know it's not healthy probably to be no, but revenge tour Rebecca is good. Like, yeah, that's, it, it's it's a good character. Wildly, yeah. So it's, it's an awesome character, and I'm rooting for her. All right, let's go back to the team. I guess the other character we got to talk about is Colin, who we'd say a minor character. On the team, but we knew his name at least. And some of the characters, you don't even really know their name, or they have one or two lines. Like Colin, he didn't have. He's been in like almost every episode, but yeah, he never had a storyline, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was just he was a punchline, or he was making jokes. That was pretty much it. So we find out uh, Colin's gay. That the episode opens with him. Opens and closes with him, right? Yeah. Yes, you're right. Actually, does close them too. Do we the guy's name? Who he, who's at his house? Do we know the guy's Ooh, name? Ah, uh, man. I do not remember. They were texting, um, you know. They were hook up, but seems like more than that, too. Um, well, when he shows up to Sam's restaurant, and they make a joke about how he's his wingman. Yeah, they're so both, like, seem cool to play that part. Yeah. Of, hey, this is, yeah, it's just, oh, man, yeah, it's so tough, because he's such a ladies' man kind of, you know, thing, and it's... Nobody on the team knows. Nobody on the team knows. We don't even know nope. if anybody in, in his life knows. And there's a scene right after that where they're in the locker room and someone uses the word gay as a pejorative term. And that's obviously the first time they've done that within the show. So you can see that leading somewhere. And then also yeah. – the now, sorry, Are they talking ahead. about – no, I'm sorry. Uh, but like, are they talking about like Zava, like how basically they're – gay force all but that that's like kind of the way they're doing it or was it something else too that's the term i think that's literally the quote that they used wasn't it yeah like yeah i'm yeah. gay for zaba which yeah like I, it's still like majority of like but it, yeah it wasn't necessarily used to make fun of someone but it was like yeah no it's and, and he comes in and makes jokes about it like you know because he's you know on the defensive obviously. i thought they they might i thought they said something else but maybe I'm and wrong. maybe they did you know I, I could be misremembering not you know not to say that that's fine or whatever but i'm just yeah should i, I, I go to the I should i go to the closed captioning i could go to the closed oh wow maybe just, yeah you know i watch this on my phone jason so it's really that's easy to true up on yeah I, it's, <laughs> I had to watch on the laptop this week it was a little tough that's tough all right let's go back let's see um oh yeah right there man this locker is so ridiculous it's so funny um, hold on right here. I almost got it. Oh, sorry. But I think, you know, while you look at this, I think they are playing, you know, it, it's, it's, uh, the, the sports locker room, 
even in an enlightened team, right? Like a team coached by Ted Lasso, everyone seems like a good dude in it. Like there's still that kind of stuff that gets thrown around. And it's like, got to be that much more difficult for, you know, Colin in this case. Oh yeah. Okay. So someone says something and he says, and someone says, sounds a bit gay. That's what he okay, says. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. So it was, and then, so yeah, yeah. And then they kind of like people laugh and one of the guys says he is, and it's just, and then they talk about Zaba. Anyway, it not a coincidence that those scenes were back to back. And then we get to the end of nope. the episode. <laughs> um, Colin and the guy he's seeing are in the alley kissing and who walks by but Britain's 45th ranked <laughs> journalist, Trent Grimm, and he sees the whole thing. And Trent's writing a book about the yeah. season. And, yeah, so my my only worry about this, you know, was like – and he looks – he doesn't – you know, Trent doesn't even say anything beyond that. It's just like a curious look I would is the only way I would describe it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like my, – my, my only thought was, come on, man, don't, don't go back to being that guy. <laughs> like, just don't be – don't be that dude, right? Like, because it's like already, you know, they got. First of all, he agrees to write the book. Since then, they got the most famous soccer player in the world. Also, let me pause that for a second. How did does Zava know that there's a book about this? Did he sign off? I just find that hard to believe. But that's uh, it's a good question. He he could be in his own you know fantasy world and and doing it too. But uh, but yeah, I mean like so the book was agreed you know before then. Trent Krim lucks into the Zava and this yeah, team yeah, yeah, being yeah. like a a contender who was supposed to be the worst team in the league. Yeah. Like so you don't need the the call-in storyline in your book to yeah. to add to this and I, I don't think he will because like it seems like he you know he grew as a person and for him to like out somebody would be awful. So I'm looking this up. I don't know if this is correct, but I feel like Last year was the first year a player in the Premier League came out. I'm okay, so I I think I heard something about this, but again, I I follow soccer so you know uh, infrequently that I I don't know if I knew that or if it was just something you know I caught at some point. Yeah, I wasn't sure. Yeah, I don't know if this is. I don't know if this is. Oh, okay. It says. Well, no, this is sort of confusing. I'm looking at an article in some British paper, and it says that someone on, not the Premier League, but a team, Blackpool, became the first male professional footballer in the UK since, and then they mentioned another person. So I, I don't know what the, the, I don't know how common it is, basically, for people to be out in the uh, in the Premier League. But anyway, um yeah, tr- okay, Trent, it's like you're going to not be a journalist with the other stuff. You're definitely not going to be – like what are you going to – That's the thing. My guess Overall, is I, he – Yeah. He's going to talk to Colin. He's going to talk to Colin. That's, that's my thought is he, he will talk to him about it. And But he, I, I, I really – I'd be surprised and disappointed if he were to cross that line. I, I don't think he will. Yeah. Well, we should also say when he leaves the house in the beginning, he's just like very – worried about getting caught he puts like sunglasses on and bows his head and then he gets yep. into his lamborghini or whatever super ostentatious car <laughs> drives into a pole and something like that so all right let's keep moving yep we do we do Rebe- i think we're good on rebecca right 
Yeah, so basically therapist, or not therapist, excuse me, psychic. Um, and then, yeah, little bit of longing for Sam, but uh, nothing else too significant. I feel like t- next episode's going to be a big Rebecca episode. Yeah, Nate, the only g- thing we get is a cutaway when they're winning and there's a big montage and Nate's upset. And also I think they have a Rupert cutaway as well too. And yes, Rupert's really pissed because Zava's killing it. He's practicing um, darts still. He's still yes, doing darts. He's just barbecue sauce. Um, yeah, he's yeah yeah. They're both upset, but we do see in the standings. Yeah, uh, Man City. Uh, I love how you have the updates. It was. I just remember looking at it. so Man City's five and zero. West Ham's five and zero. And where's Fulham? Um, your team? Where's the where's the cottage? Man, I should have checked. Oh, side note. Got a got a message a te- uh, a tweet a direct message from John. <laughs> That John, I think Ful- Fulham's a go. Not John Martin, excuse me. Um, so you're going to Ful- be there. Fulham's going to be a go. It's on. It's on Monday because of the the coronation. They moved the schedule around, but he said it should be should be locked in now. So much appreciated, John. John Martin. Martin. Jesus. Jeez, Christ, what sorry. are you doing, Martin? Wait, he, I apologize. Did he buy you tickets? No, no, no. Oh, he just let oh. me. Know, he's just let me know about the. the gotcha. Because I'm so oblivious to that to what's going on in that world. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. He's, he's helping yeah. me out. And he, well, we he was the one who kind of gave me some ones to check out to begin with. We need to get you going on Operation KO, too. You need to be looking for those cheap last-minute flights to Boston because Otani, pretty good. <sighs> Kipchoge, Best. pretty good. Okay. Best. Um, so we got just two other folks to talk about. Keely and then Ted and family. So I guess let's do Keely first. We can close on Ted. She's still working with a friend who's in everybody's business and either she's, yeah, she's not very good at her job. I don't think, is that a fair way to put it? Yeah. It seems like she's, she's just still like figuring it out, I guess. Right. Yeah. It doesn't seem like she's, she's fully comfortable. The main story I remember here was when she confronts Roy on Keely's behalf, but without Keely's permission in front of the players. Like, why did you break up with my friend? Yeah, I, 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 she eats I'm her hair, a, right? Eats her hair. Oh, that's right. Yeah. She, well, so yeah. So <laughs> if I'm you want to go of, viral, do yes. something like eat your own hair. I, I'm. I, I. She's gonna be trouble. This. This girl. I, I, what's her name? Miss. No, Misty. Uh, I don't remember. I don't remember. It's something like that. Um, yeah, I, I think she's gonna be trouble. Shandy. Um, she's just. She's obviously like a loose cannon. You know, a little bit. That's fine. That could be entertaining. Uh, Keely is too, but like Keely, like has like t- the heart of gold thing. Yeah, where I don't think Shandy has that at all. So I just feel like she's going to end up causing some problems. Like they're, you know, the <clears throat> players are talking to Keely about, you know, kind of, hey, we got a lot of sponsors, interviews, or interviews, yeah, 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 different things, you know, with with, with Zava stuff going on. And she's like, you know, want to talk about Zava, other things, and then immediately she comes in to saying, you you should, you know, if you want to go viral, say something crazy. And it's like, like you we eat don't eat your own hair. Yeah, like you eat your own hair, and then Roy comes in a few minutes later, like, <laughs> oh, I remember you. You eat your own hair. So like, clearly, which was a very, very funny moment. Cur- um, terrific. But I, I just we don't need that energy in this locker room. Is, no. is, my, is my thought. So I'm 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 hoping she's not going to cause too many problems. But I think she's going to end up getting somebody in the team at least on, in trouble. Well, Rebecca seems very skeptical of her. Yes. Yeah. Because that's her. You know. Obviously, Keely's like her 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 bestie, and then mm-hmm. that and their relationship is amazing. All right, Ted and family. 
Ted calls home to wish his son good luck in a soccer match. But a man answers the phone. He has to call the home phone, the landline, yeah, yeah. because he doesn't he ha- doesn't have a cell phone. And the man who answers the phone is the man who's dating his ex-wife, who was also their marriage counselor. He answers the phone Whoa. doing a really marriage counselor. <laughs> is that what I said? No, no, I know. That's why I'm just like, whoa, though. Oh. That part was just like, are you kidding me? Sorry, continue. Well, no, the worst part is he answers the phone doing a Trump impression. I think that was the bigger red flag. That was bad. I think that, well, and I think that told us, like, okay, so this guy's not very funny. It's that guy. First of all. Like, he's this <laughs> it's guy. that type of guy. Yeah, okay. <laughs> We've all heard that type of guy. Anyway, yeah, Ted, so it was just, yeah, so that was where, first of all, we, you know, I, I think we t- talked about it last week. We're like, I'm like, she's going to be dating somebody. Like, you know, they're divorced and whatever. But, like, finding out it was the marriage counselor, that's just, that's not all right. I feel like that shouldn't be allowed. I know they're divorced and, and whatever else, but, like, you can't be doing that. Right? Am I crazy? That's not ideal, Jason. Not ideal. That seemed insane to me. I'm going unethical. That's where I'm at. Yeah. I don't know what the rules say. If, if you're yeah, a marriage I mean, counselor or any counselor, write in. Let us know. Is yeah, I, it's, yeah, because I just I, I don't know. I was I was I was not happy about it. Ted was not happy about it. Obviously, mm. stressing out about it. He had the early signs of a panic attack in yes. the first Zaba game. Yes, a little bit of that hand clenching thing that he does. You know, mm. when things start to go wrong, um, the Zava goal seemed to snap him out of it a little bit. But I <laughs> can't imagine that's going to be the last we see of that. Um, you know, Sassy made an appearance again, who is just mm. a wonderful ball of energy. So hopefully, uh, you know, we see more of her because I always enjoy her. Um, but yeah, so so Ted, yeah, obviously going through that. And he's, uh, you know, he a, a few scenes of him drinking heavily. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, where he's kind of because he's. And he's Dr. Sharon. About it. Dr. Sharon, too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, so I'm glad he's still talking to her. That's good. And when his time was up, his time was up. They're doing it remote. Yes. They're doing a remote uh, therapy yeah. session, basically. So let's rank the storylines right now. I, I one for me is Jamie Roy team up. No question. Two is the impending Yelp review for Sam's restaurant. I know it's <laughs> not an actual. Story You're more line. invested in in the restaurant than anybody. <laughs> uh, I actually don't know what two would be. I guess it would just be Richmond v West Ham. So basically, Nate. Like, what's the falling out with mm-hmm. Nate? Also, yeah, that's the, that's like the biggest overarching storyline, right? That was the beginning of season. Hey, this is the whole. This is the the point of the season, right? Yeah, and also the. And remember in the trailer, someone goes down with an injury. I don't. Mm. I'd have to go and watch it back, but it would make an awful lot of sense if it was Zava. Yes, it would. Because it as would. it is right now, there's no draw. They're gonna mow through the Premier League. They're gonna win the whole yeah, damn thing. Yeah, they're killing it. Um, so yeah, you know something has to go wrong, and whether it's injury to Zava or him, you know, some of his his weirdness rubbing mm-hmm. someone the wrong way or doing something off or whatever it is, you know, like that's that's on the table because we know he's done that something before. Yeah. We don't know exactly what. Yes. Um, yeah. He he won't be there at the end. He will not be on the pitch in the last game. That's yeah, just- and it could, and who knows? Maybe Jamie's taking a step forward. and He starts scoring some goals, and that causes the cracks to, to start forming. Um, yeah. 
you know, maybe they're still winning, but then that's that's happening. I, I, you know, I'm not sure, but I, I am very intrigued to the Zava storyline. Big fan of that. Um, yeah, I mean, some Keely of this, and Roy. This, yeah, that's still Roy, that's, that's still over. out there. That's still out there. I'm way more, yeah, because like I'm way more invested in Keely and Roy than I am like um, Rebecca's relationship. You know, like I, I I like Rebecca the character on her own more than yeah, her relationship yeah. part. If that makes sense. Um, yeah, and then you know, obviously, you know, Ted's our Ted's our main guy. See kind of what's what's going on there, um, and then where where the what happens? Yeah, the, the, like I said, I mean, you already mentioned the the West Ham, but like Nate, like I want to see the first kind of something going wrong with West Ham. Cracks. You want to see the cracks? Yeah, I want to see something go bad where you know Nate starts, you know, he just feeds too much into the social media thing. Rupert's getting on up. Like, I just want to see some of that stuff start to go wrong. You know, he, he's obviously already stressing because, um, you know, the, um, they're much better than they thought, but yeah, like, yeah, it's something, something's got to go wrong. Right. I mean, yeah. and maybe it comes down to them for the championship. Totally possible. Um, but I just still feel like we need a, yeah, we need a Nate situation. Nate is going to, Hmm. We think that Nate will be on the sideline for the last match, right? With Richmond, that's what we believe. <sighs> yeah, I think that's still the most likely scenario, but I, I'm not convinced. What if this happens? What if Jamie emerges as the true star? Yeah. So then you have Zava on an expiring. You package him with two twenty twenty five firsts. What about his pick Some swap? cash. A couple pick swaps. We'll have to check who has bird rights for Nate <laughs> Shelley. Wow. Wow. A coach trade. That would be big. That would be very big. Uh, oh, my favorite, or the thing that just popped into my head, a really funny scene, was when Zava says, who's the kit man? And he says, I was kit man when I was 11. And it's like, I'm 26. <laughs> yeah, he's just like you. And it's like, I'm 26. Yeah. You're the that most part, important one on the team. That part killed me. It was nice to see uh, him get a win because we know, I mean, we know Nate turned from Kitman, you know, and he, and he was yeah. he was given a lot. But like, I'm blanking on the Kitman's name, which shows you everything, I guess. Yeah. But he was, you know, he, he said very few wins, right? Um, Will, yeah. who, according to IMDb, is Will Kitman. So unless that's his actual last name, <laughs> That'd be awesome. um, but yeah, so that was, that was good. Um, yeah, there was, there was, there was some really, you know, it was, I it was, was a good episode. I, I was, was, I was worried. Really yeah. I was worried about Zava last episode, just how good that character would be. It exceeded my expectations. It's great. Yeah. It, it really, I agree because I, I just didn't know the direction they were going to take it and hit like him yeah. being weird. Yeah. Dominant yeah. is what it was a great choice. Like that's so much more fun than him just yes. being a dick. Yeah, yeah, and again, we we'd seen that. We that, that's season one. That's Jamie season one. Me, me, me. This is this is the eccentric egomaniac. Yeah, which we, is just like yeah, and it's I said it's it's fun for a bit, right? And then who knows? But um, yeah, I, I'm like I said, I, I was like in on Zava. I'm like, oh, this is this is fantastic. Yeah. All right. Well, I hope everybody enjoyed season three. How many episodes are there going to be? I think there's eleven. Oh man, uh, awesome. We got. Oh, and and one little. Side thing, I was just looking at like the just the cast of the characters uh, of the three uh, big fans who always hang out in the bar. One of them got a job. He just oh. he comes in the bar, says, "I got a job." They do a big celebration, and that's all we know. So that's planting the seed for something for sure. 
Was that during the montage? I think so. The montage yeah. was all positive. It was great. There was no and negativity. There, negativity there was, in the montage. There was some cool um some cool Zava moves. He did he did a scorpion yeah, kind of scor- kick thing that I'd never I didn't know that was a real thing, but yeah. it looked awesome. Yeah. I've seen goalkeepers do it. I hadn't seen a striker do it. But twelve episodes. Oh man. So we got nine more of these. It's great. <laughs> I can't wait. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's terrific. All right. So well, the- if you hate this part of the show, hold on until I don't know, the thirty first of May. Well, we're gonna have to get shorter on these recaps because pretty soon we're gonna have the regular yeah, ninety minute start. shows. And then we just, might have to release midweek episodes that are just half hour of us. Yeah. About. Well, I think what we could we can recap less and just analyze more. I think as we get farther along, because we we yeah. don't we don't need to set the stage. And I'll start taking more concise notes. Oh, dude! If it, if anything, I for you know, I, I looked in that when I was editing the podcast last week. Uh, this is the part of the ep- the uh, the episode where I talk the most for sure. So it's it's definitely on. <laughs> Yeah, I look for I look forward to the show every week. I look forward to discussing it with you. To even this week, I like made a special point. Tell me as soon as you're done with the. Yeah, we we were we texted. It was I think it was better that we were texting about it because then we knew which stuff to bring up too. Yeah, so I will continue to do that. Well, I wanted to know the moment you finished it too, which is yeah, really weird. Well, you've been you've been that. you've been pitching uh you know Sam's restaurant since since before the season started. So I was once that once that happened in the show, I was like, oh, here we go. Okay. Yeah. Well, I've gotten several storylines either bang on or very close. Yeah, you're 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 I'm not convinced you're not a writer on the show. <sighs> Man, I wish. I should have written this the the fake season 3 cuz it's going to be done and I'm not going to have anywhere to put this stuff. Right? I can't I guess I could make a full we could make a season 4 if they you know, a hypothetical a f- total fanfic situation. Let's do it. All right. I'm in. That'll, that's how we'll continue to talk about the show on yep, the podcast. We're just 16 seasons later. We're still going. A dramatic reading now. <laughs> Let's just do this until we have zero listeners. And that really should be the, the goal of the show. All right. HowStoreOnAGMA.com. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Send in some emails. We'll read them. Bye. <laughs> Jessica Ennis. See you at Craven Cottage.